welcome to Cosplay and Cocktails. This is Paige. And I am Jesse as always. As always. Uh, so let's jump into Cocktail Corner. It sounded very jazzy. Thank you. Um, Jesse, we don't have a Cocktail Corner today. Um, because no, uh, during the daytime on a Saturday. Yeah, it's pretty pretty early and um, so i do have my usual uh, it's just a fizzy water today but uh something i did get for all you mocktail fans a new this is not an advertisement for them they're hashtag not a sponsor but in one of my subscription boxes this month uh sometimes you know there's like little extras that you don't know you're getting in there like a little surprise treat and there was a box I opened it up and I was like, oh, this is really heavy. I thought it was going to be a candle. Uh, but upon opening it up, it was, in fact, a teeny tiny can of 0% alcohol beer. So not, <laughs> not like Odules. I know Odules and similar, uh, you know, near beers, as they are traditionally called, have like 1% alcohol. They're, you know, really low alcohol, but they still have some alcohol. So this is a completely 0% alcohol beer. So if you want to have, for some reason, you want the beer taste with, you know, there apparently is a market for it um, with 0% alcohol, or if you wanted to use it for cooking, I think it would actually be pretty good for making something like beer bread because I drank it hmm. and I found it to be pretty sweet. Uh, it was on the sweet side for me. It definitely, you know, had a beer adjacent taste uh but uh it you know you you didn't taste exactly like beer to me so if you wanted and because I thought it was so strange when I first opened it I was like how are they sending this just in the mail uh you know normally if you get alcohol in the mail you have to sign for it so they know you're 21 but this was uh just in my subscription box but that's how I'm assuming I'm assuming a kid could buy it if they really wanted uh with it being zero percent alcohol yeah um uh so anyway i yeah i guess uh, if you would like a zero percent alcohol option for beer or for cooking uh there is one out there now it's heineken if you want to edit that out or leave it in yeah that's uh the mocktail of note uh for today um jericho got uh that sam hugan's whiskey oh yeah uh, sassanek sassanek spirits and uh he had to pre-order it and uh it came yesterday in the mail and so we tried that last night it tastes like scotch but i was gonna say not I'm as sure you not as like abrasive it. not of not as abrasive as other scotches is it peated or what kind of what areas I know. um hey jesse do you have that segment that isn't new anymore oh yeah something's on my mind that means question time i'm gonna ask you a question this can be um cosplay or con or fandom related or just uh life in general do you have any like little 
I don't want to say new tradition, just like something you do to like treat yourself uh, or uh, kind of kind of self-care, I guess, but it doesn't necessarily have to be self-care. Just like a little thing, like just something, something new that you're doing just as a little treat yourself. Oh, if you can't think of anything Hmm. new, it can be something old, but if it's something old, I would probably already know about it, but the listeners might not. And we don't know about listeners. So, um, I mean, I take a bubble bath every other night <laughs> and just really zone out in the bubble bath. Um, yeah, that's I mean, not that's new. Acceptable. What uh, about you? Well, my new thing, I and I've only done this once, but I think it's going to be my new... Uh, <laughs> my new tradition that I've done once. My Well, it's just, I, I so I don't, I'll tell you what it is and then you'll see what, okay. I mean, you already know what it is, but the listeners don't. So I bought for myself for the first time ever season tickets for the local symphony orchestra mm-hmm. um and the first performance was last weekend uh was that just last yeah i guess that was just last weekend so i went to the performance and before the performance uh there's this nice little restaurant so i took myself out and had a nice meal tried a couple new bourbons uh, got all dressed up and uh, and went to the symphony. So took myself out on a little little date. Um, yeah, I think that's a really. Uh, I was really excited for you when you took yourself out on your little date. Uh, I like taking myself out like that. I don't know if that's just come from you know being alone my entire adult life or what, but you know I like to do some stuff go out into the world by myself you're very independent anyway so I think even if like you weren't quote unquote alone as an adult like I still think you would try to find time yeah I don't like to do things on your own because you're I definitely don't mind do I don't like driving long distances by myself that's the thing but I'm perfectly content once I get there to uh go off an adventure on my own Mm -hmm. Uh, at least to some extent you know uh, again, that isn't always safe to do, depending on where you are and how well you know the area. But uh, yeah, I like to, you know, go and have my own plan. I can leave whenever I want, back whenever I want. Uh, yeah. In conclusion, do something nice for yourself. Yeah. So, guys, today's episode uh, is. Uh, amazing cosplayer interview with Janelle. She is Seems Come True um, on her social media platforms and we are just so excited to chat with her. Welcome Janelle. Um, Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I am Janelle, also known as Seems Come True on Instagram and I do cosplay and original sewing design. Very cool. How long have you been doing cosplay and like what got you into that? So I've been seriously cosplaying for about three years, but have been sewing for about nine. And before I cosplayed, I did toy design um, to custom toys, stuffed toys uh, for private clients and a couple commercial ones. And before that, I did animation. So a lot of art (laughs) in my background. So how does that how for you did that kind of transform into because I knew we had talked previously about you doing um uh 
oh gosh, I just lost words, um, like animation and stuff. How, how does that tie in to how you go about cosplays? Does it go, does it tie in at all or is it two completely different? Oh no, for sure it does. Um, so I went to school originally, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design for illustration and switched my major to animation pretty quick because I realized I loved moving things in 3D space. I graduated with a degree in that and then got a job in Atlanta at Bento Box Studios. And I worked in that field for a year there and then I did freelance for about three years. And during that time, I realized that I really just missed working with my hands. And so the uh, skills of turning something in 3D space in your mind and on the computer translated really well into making toys. So I could draw a flat image and then pattern it out into a 3D object and sew it. Um, mm -hmm. And I did that for about four and a half years. I sold at conventions. I had gone to conventions before, uh, anime conventions and comic book conventions for fun, but never really did like serious cosplay and had always wanted to try it. So after getting a bit more confident sewing toys, I was like, I'm going to try cosplay and like everything I do, I threw myself into it a bit too hard. And that was 2018. And I did uh, Kira from Solo, A Star Wars Story and did her like mm -hmm. full leather jacket, leather skirt, undershirt. Um, so I did not start small, but I had a sewing background. <laughs> um, and then from there, like I absolutely loved it. And I entered the contest at Anime Week in Atlanta and won that for the novice thing. And that's kind of what, what really hooked me because I was like, oh, I really enjoy this and I'm kind of good at it. So I'm going to see where this goes. Right. That is one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast before is how nerve wracking um, competitions seem to us. Did you, mm -hmm. did you have, do you still have any of those nerves? Uh, was, was there any hesitation or were you just like, what the hell, let's try it out? Oh yeah, yeah. So I've always had an issue with public speaking and a, appearing on a stage. Whenever I was doing um, drama productions in like high school, I was always behind the scenes. I'd never even wanted to try out. I think I tried out one time and like I had a really bad stutter as a kid and it comes out when I'm really nervous. And so I, I started stuttering when I was <laughs> uh, auditioning for that play and I never did it again. So a big reason why I entered the contest in 2018 was just to try to like get over those nerves. And I was literally shaking as I walked across the stage and they announced my name. And like my first thought was like, oh no, I don't want to go up there again. Um, but of course I was also really excited and I started tearing up on stage and stuff. But I, um, I've entered two contests since then. My most recent one was at Dragon Con. And I won for the journeyman category, but still like the entire backstage portion, I was like shaking and just like trying to deep breathe. And like once I was on stage, I was okay because it's so bright up there. You can't really even see the audience. But if I had to talk in front of all those people, it would be a much bigger deal. Luckily, you could just get up there and walk around. Right. Uh, uh, do you have any advice for somebody that wants to compete? Um, one of the things that really helped me was competing with a friend for the first time. So you have someone to go through the process of submitting documents and then hanging out backstage together. Like it really helps to have someone kind of to talk to. Um, so yeah, if you can convince one of your friends to uh, do it with <laughs> you, that, that helps. <laughs> um, otherwise, just uh, 
go in with no expectations and or with just the hope of being able to show your cosplay to someone who might be excited about it. I know the first time I competed, I didn't know anyone um, really that cosplayed that much. So I was like, okay, well, if I get up there and one person is really excited to see this, then it'll be worth it. Like I, I wanted to perform with that like single person in mind. And that helped. Yeah, that's a really good like frame of mind to go into it with like, maybe somebody needs to see me up here or see this cosplay like that's a good good way to look at it I think yeah um so I think whenever I first started following you because I I followed you since before we started the podcast um I think it was uh your Sabrina oh cool um white Sabrina dress that you did mm-hmm. um how how do you go about uh, choosing what you want to do next is it just whatever you're loving pop culture right now or is there a specific like um, way you go about okay this is what I'm going to do for this convention or this is my next build um, at the beginning it was really just characters that I connected to or that I really liked their attitude and if they were also wearing a cool costume that was even more exciting but since I've been sewing longer now I pick a lot of my costumes based on whatever skills I really want to work on, whether it be patterning or embroidery or detail work or prop building or wig styling. Um, So like whatever I feel like I haven't touched in a while and I'm excited to do, I tend to gravitate gravitate towards characters like that. Like I've got a list of 20 characters I I want to do or 20 designs Um, and I gravitate to different ones based on like what I'm wanting to focus on at the moment. So it's not so much like what's popular because I tend to cosplay things that were popular like two years ago and I'm just getting around to them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, if it's a quick thing then sometimes I'll do what's popular but like I'm usually already working on something when I find a new thing to to cosplay and so I- Add to your list, list. yeah. Yeah. Yep, we have those, we have a list uh, on our Google Docs that we share that we're like adding things to anytime we go to a convention and we'll get like inspiration. We're like, oh, put that on the list. Yeah. Um, out of all the costumes you've done, what would you say your favorite is? I still really love my Kira. I know it's probably not the most advanced skill-wise, but like I just have such a, a strong emotional connection and I really love that character. Like I'm still hoping for her to appear in a feature or something of Star Wars. Um, I think that's really interesting because most people, most cosplayers that we've talked to and and us ourselves, you know, our first ones, you know, there's obviously always going to be love for, but mm -hmm. starting out, you know, there's so many things most people would go back and change. So I think that's really interesting that that's your, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, I could have done this better. (laughs) I I wish I would have done this. Yeah. And like, there definitely are those things, but I think like, just thinking of a costume I have the most warm and fuzzies around, it's that one. If I were to pick based on maybe a skill level, even though it's one of my least favorite costumes to actually physically wear, like my Daenerys coat where I um, patterned out like her jacket with the the fins on the shoulders and braided her wig and everything. Like I'm really proud of the technical things I did for that outfit, Um, but it is really uncomfortable to wear. So speaking of patterning, this is something that amazes me. Um, I love watching cosplayers Instagram stories because everybody always shares just like the best breakdowns of things. And I always get so many ideas from watching how people go about things in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I was watching uh, a dress you were just making. I think you've been working on it this weekend or this week. Um, and you, I, I cannot wrap my head around patterning, <laughs> like <laughs> creating my own patterns. And I was watching you do it. And I was like, how, how is she doing <laughs> How, how is that something that you got into? And uh, what would you say is uh, a good tip or uh learning process for somebody who's wanting to kind of learn how to do something like that. So I think you were watching me make the dirndl, which is the German traditional dress. Um, I was trying to make it yes. for Oktoberfest, the, the pink dress. Um, yes. And it honestly comes back to animation. Like my favorite part of animation was when I was working on, on um, skinning 3D models, like UV and mapping. And the process of that is literally looking at an object figuring out where the seams will go on that uh, digital object to unpeel it and then paint it and then reskin the digital object. So you would like give a character skin tone and freckles and stuff by first unwrapping their face and painting on top of it. Um, and that's a lot of the ways that I approach costuming. Like when I first started, I really had no knowledge of like actual practical uh, pattern making. So I approached a lot of things like I did when I was animate, like painting UV maps. And so I've always had, a, I guess, a skill that I can look at an object, turn it around in my mind and wrap it and know what it will look like flat. And so I mm -hmm. used to do it that way. And then I started reading more books and studying other uh, fabrication methods and learning how like the proper quote unquote proper way because I, I never think that there's like an actual proper way of doing something if you're just doing it for fun um but watching other people pattern make and honestly just testing like it's a lot less intimidating to start pattern making by just making a like a bodice block or a really simple shape and then just kind of pinching and pinning it and seeing how that changes the shape and it's just experimentation so I think there's a lot of pressure around people when they're first starting to make patterns to make it perfect. Like when they first draft a pattern, like, oh, hopefully I'll have to just make a small alteration. But really, like I've made patterns that like I couldn't get around my shoulders the first couple of times. And the more you do it, the more you kind of just know your measurements and know what works and what doesn't. So for people just starting out, I would say just start with a t-shirt like start with a really simple shape and then just play with the pieces and see how pinching and sewing and adjusting it changes the fit and you'll be amazed at like how much you'll learn with that hands-on experience yeah I thought it was really interesting watching and I think I can't remember if it was that um journal that you were working on if it was uh, another one of your stories but you put like three side-by-side -side bodices that like you had made drafts of and you were like mm -hmm. okay I can't decide which like neckline I like and I need to make this longer and I need to take you know <laughs> I need to adjust it here and I was like that's so reassuring like that you're not just a one and done like you're like okay three different versions of it and I still need to work on this <laughs> part of it like I just think that's really it's nice to see uh you know there are a lot of cosplayers that share processes like that but I think there's also others that are like oh, this is my amazing finished garment. Look mm -hmm. how beautiful it is. And you don't get to see the processes, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, yeah I try to, I try my best to show even the, the mess ups and cause there's a lot, like I had to trim a zipper today out of the dirndl because it, I real uh, misaligned it by a full inch. 
Um, but when it comes to, you know, making decisions, I used to think that I had to have like a finished sketch and it had to be exactly like that finished sketch or design or else it was wrong. But lately I've been doing a lot more original designs or just like kind of letting the, the pattern making process determine what I like. Um, and so I wasn't even sure what the neckline shape was going to be before I got like just the bodice to fit right. And I was like, well, worst case, I can, you know, move some lines around and change the shape of the neck. But like that's the puzzle piecing part of pattern making is um, my favorite part. And that's what I enjoy most. Like I always tell my husband, like I enjoy making things more than I enjoy wearing them a lot of times, which is why my feed is mostly work in progresses because I love mm -hmm. the, like the figuring out how the best way to do something is and hopefully by seeing like my mess ups or my progress or something like that other people will be less intimidated to be like well I'll give it a stab and if it's not perfect it's okay yeah yep exactly uh when you're making a costume do you have a favorite method or technique so would you rather sew something would you rather work with foam um currently it's definitely pattern making and sewing um, I think I've been pushing myself over the last year to do more of that. But when I was going to more conventions, I was getting more into EVA foam, like prop making. Um, and I think it just really, because I'm really motivated by where I'm going to wear this thing. Like this dirndl, my husband and I are going to Helen, Georgia next month for our anniversary. And it's a big like Bavarian city. Now I'm going to wear it there. So that's, that's my motivation. That's why it's exciting. And that is what kind of determines like the pace I work at and the design I do. Um, thinking about where I'm going to make, like wear something or use something determines of, oftentimes scale and like elaborate design. And so when I was going to conventions, I really enjoyed showing off the, um, or like talking to people about 3D props and um, like EVA foam sculpting because they could see it. and now that I'm like just here by myself, like I, I, I like puzzles. So I am working on pattern making and sewing. Um, but as conventions are opening back up, I'm like, hmm, maybe I wanna try some more uh, EVA foam or wig styling skills that I haven't tried yet. And so, yeah, I think it's, depends on what's happening in the near future. That's what motivates me. Awesome. Um, so we saw you at Dragon Con in your Sophie Hatter, which was beautiful. We saw you several different times and we were like, oh my gosh, did you we think that's, yeah, we were like, we think that's a, so we think that's a, so we, I didn't realize it was you because I didn't see your Instagram feed till later that Jesse is really big into uh, Studio Ghibli. And so she had uh, seen your Sophie and we're like, oh, like that's such a cool version, like all the flowers and the hat and stuff. <laughs> How do you, is that, was that an original design or is that from one of the books or? So it's an original design based on my favorite parts of both the book and the movie. Um, okay. And that costume actually came about because what would have been two Dragon Cons ago in 2000, <laughs> we were planning a group cosplay of all Ghibli witches for Dragon Con 2020. Um, oh, and cool. so we decided on that like around Halloween of 2019 and so I was like I'm just gonna knock this out maybe this will be my first version I'm gonna just at least make the dress and make the hat because that's what I'm most excited about and so I did that then and a couple of the other girls got their stuff done but we were still aiming for 2020 
and it, like the less likely it seemed that uh, DragonCon was going to happen last year, the more detail I put into it. So I, I added, I restyled the wig, I added some details on the dress, I made the whole like belt, um, like witch kit is what I call it, with like the leather pouches with all the bottles and everything. Mm -hmm. I painted the boots um, just to kind of like alleviate my own boredom because for one, I didn't want to like spend a lot of money on materials to make something brand new that I was just going to wear around my house. Uh, so I figured I'll, I'll just make this one a little bit more elaborate. Um, and then I went hiking and found uh, like a really nice branch because I'm always looking for a good branch or a good walking stick when I go hiking. Um, and I brought it home, <laughs> and cut it down and turn it into the broom with an old um, cinnamon broom that I thrifted a while ago. And so I just kind of like, it evolved. Like it was never supposed to be a competition piece. It was me like wanting to do a cool technique on this dress that I was going to wear with a big group of Ghibli witches. Um, but then it just kind of turned into my, one of my therapy projects over the last year. Uh, it was so cool. It was very neat. And I, once again, uh, liked watching how you turned just a normal straw hat and used the, the wire and the mesh and made you know, base for all the flowers and stuff. I just thought that was so cool because, you know, cosplayers are so creative, like just the way they go about things. And that's just my favorite part of getting to know cosplayers and watching them work is like, oh, okay. That's, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, you and I talked uh earlier and you mentioned uh, that you like to incorporate uh, recycled or reused materials in your cosplay. Um, how do you go about that? How does that uh, come into your creative process and why is that uh, so important to you? Um, well, I, I guess I'll start with like why it's so important is that just so much textile waste and product waste gets dumped every single day and the idea that I can take that stuff out, end up in a landfill and turn it into something that is beautiful or exciting to wear or useful is like, there's stuff all around, all around my house that's upcycled. Um, also, I'm cheap. <laughs> and so I really like thrifted materials <laughs> for that reason. Um, but also it just, it adds like an extra bit of challenge. If I'm, if I tell myself, I want to make this entire look out of upcycled things, it narrows down my options and forces me to become more creative. Um, I knew that because like as we all did we all tightened our belts over the last year just not knowing what to expect and so I said okay I'm going to make this whole look for under a certain budget um, for the Sophie Hatter thing and I was like I'm going to go and thrift everything that I can I go to like the seconds fabric store and see what they have and so a couple uh, pieces of it are like techniques and visuals that like, I really didn't have planned, but because I went and thrifted and I was trying to fit everything into the certain budget and the certain like upcycled theme, um, it forced me to think creatively in a way that like I wouldn't have if I had just you know bought a brand new witch's hat or like bought pretty new fabric off of a website, which I love, but like I. I love the texture of the dress and that's one of my favorite things about that outfit. So I think on top of it being good for the planet and good for your environment, it's also just really creatively invigorating. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure to use like the best materials and the fanciest things that you can afford, but like 
if you go in with the mind of thrifting or being um, conservative material wise, like you don't have to spend a lot of money to make amazing things. Like the entire Sophie look top to bottom, because I like I had the boots, um, I painted them, but everything else was thrifted or upcycled. That entire thing probably cost less than $80 for all the wow. materials. A lot of a lot of hours, but like monetary wise, like it's very, very cheap. That's awesome. Do you have, is there anything you're working on now? Any costumes you're working on now that you're particularly excited about or something you're going to be starting on soon for the future? Uh, well, I'm doing the Durndal. Uh, I should be done with that in the next day or so because I was hoping to wear it to a local event as well. Um, after the Durndal, I have some pink and white striped fabric that I want to turn into a pink witch. I, just, I like the witch thing. <laughs> like mm -hmm. Sophie, maybe you want to make more witch things. And I'm going to uh, Anime Week in Atlanta at the end of October. And I thought that would be fun to wear there. Originally, I had dreamed of like one of my dream cosplays, and it has been for the last year or so, is a Robo Lafren case, um, like a, a sack back down, but uh, with the character Persephone from Lore Olympus. And I had dreamed of making that for AWA and competing in it. But the closer we get and the busier the October becomes, like I've got a lot of events and stuff with friends, uh, the more I realized, I was like, why am I forcing myself to do this thing that I've been excited about for the last year so quickly? So I'm planning that for MomoCon and I figure that's a, a good over the winter kind of project because I want to make all my own hoop skirts and corsets and all of that stuff um so right now I am finishing the dirndl and doing the pink witch and then I want to do one more thing for uh anime weekend in Atlanta but I haven't quite decided so I'm gonna see what fabric I already have and maybe come up with something based on that if so if you could go back and give yourself when you were just starting out one piece of advice or a piece of advice you would give to someone else who's just starting out well, what would that be? Mm, ask for help. <laughs> um, I'm really stubborn in the way that I like, because puzzling things out is my favorite part. I'm really stubborn when it comes to asking for help. Um, and things would have been so much easier. Like the dirndl. I have um, friends who have worked in Germany and have multiple dirndls from Germany. And I was able to reach out to them recently and be like, hey, can you send me pictures on the, of the insides of your dirndls? Um, thanks, Sarah Beth and Sadie and Kathleen. Uh, <laughs> but in the <laughs> beginning, like, I just had it in my head that I had to figure everything out myself. And that was honestly like, it just took up so much time that you didn't have to spend like research and like amazing resources are out there. Like, just use them. Don't be stubborn like me. I've mentioned before, but that is how, uh, I mean, obviously Jesse is my very best friend and best cosplay friend, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was making uh, an Outlander, uh, Claire, from Outlander cosplay and a Loki cosplay, I think it was the same year, and I was trying to figure out how to do the horns without just buying 3D printed ones or plastic ones and um, was trying to figure out her costume as well for Claire and I found a blog online and she had done both of these things and had you know instructions and so I was like I'm just gonna message her and ask mm -hmm. how she did this one thing but she didn't really and 
Uh, she's one of our very best podcast uh, cosplay <laughs> friends, and we have been to Texas to visit her, and she's been on the podcast multiple times, and we just love her and her friends and family, and I'm like, I'm so glad that I wasn't like, oh, she's not going to want to tell me, or she's not going to, you know, she's going to gatekeep these secrets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad that I I kind of got out of my box and asked, uh, because it, it did make it a lot easier, and then I gained a friend, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like I can, I'm always happy to give advice and everything, but there's something about asking for help that is still a struggle for me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think it's easy for most people, um, but I think whenever you're promoting, uh, you know, you're showing so much of your processes, I think that's super helpful and maybe will make people realize like, oh, I could, I could message her and ask like, mm-hmm okay, so what exactly did you do right here in this? Uh, I'm not understanding from your video. I think that would make people more comfortable, so. Um, Okay, so one last question. Uh, Who or what inspires you? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) This feels like a bigger question. So when I first got into cosplay, I definitely saw all these other amazing cosplayers and I was like, I can, I can do that someday. I, like, I really want to be like them someday. And then I got to a point where I was just constantly comparing myself to other cosplayers. And it was really like disheartening that I didn't look like them, that my wigs were not as nice as theirs, that like, I don't know, I was just comparing myself to other cosplayers and it was a really like unhealthy mental place. But in the last like year or two, just like making more friends in the cosplay community, I realized like the best thing I did on Instagram was unfollow a ton of cosplayers and follow a whole bunch <laughs> of just makers and pattern drafters and sculptors and people who are doing things so outside of the realm of cosplay that still have relevance. Um, so I think going back to even to like going to art school, like thinking back to the people around me making things is really inspiring. inspiring. And um, I don't know, like I, I get the most inspiration and like excitement now from going and researching something that I've never thought about doing before, like a technique of like basket weaving. Um, like I made a, a hat for a, a spider look for a Der- Kentucky Derby last spring. And I learned how to like weave and paint EVA foam to look like basket. And that came about from looking at like traditional basket, basket weaving techniques from the Bella Islands. And like, that's, I think, helpful on two different fronts where you're no longer comparing yourselves to just other cosplayers, which is like a really specific set of ideals that are celebrated most widely to just being inspired by different art and artists and all kinds of things. So yeah, don't limit yourself to cosplay inspiration. Look at everything else around you. Very cool. Uh, so our last, I guess, request is um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media or the internet in general, I guess. So I'm on Instagram as seems come true. I have a little baby YouTube channel that only has one video right now, but I plan on making more it's also under <laughs> true. And then there is a website or blog planned for very, very soon. I'm trying to be more professional. So um, look for it. Mostly follow the Instagram. <laughs> that'll give you all the news of everything else. But there will be 
more YouTube videos and tutorials and a whole whole website soon. So thanks. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for being on with us. And I cannot wait to see uh, what uh, you have to share on your YouTube channel and your blog and stuff. I'm so excited to see that because like I said, I think that uh, the stuff that you post on your stories uh, is super helpful and uh, really good content. So uh, we really appreciate you being on with us today and talking uh, about your cosplay journey. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to our interview with Janelle today. Uh, we had such a good time getting to know her and hearing all about uh, her cosplay journey and process. Um, if you want to follow along with us, uh, you can do that on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on the Twitter at uh, Cosplay Pod. Um, or you can send us all kinds of things, just so many options of things you can send us over at the email where Jesse hangs out. Uh, yeah, you can send us weird fish pics, mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. plants and mushrooms. Um, uh, we've been getting a lot of interesting mushroom pics lately, so keep those coming. Uh, keep it up cosplays that you think we should feature on our social media or that we should talk about on the podcast uh really mm -hmm. any topic you think we should talk about on the podcast if there's a trend you're seeing in the community uh that you think it's worth us talking about uh let us know uh we don't know all the things uh corrections uh, again if we screw something up please always let us know um because we don't we we're not trying to screw things up it just you know it happens sometimes um, things happen sometimes things happen um uh corrections uh cosplay challenges or ideas again hopefully by the time this episode airs we will have picked something for c2e2 uh but here's, here's hoping uh yeah now i'm getting nervous uh let's pretend like that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> uh cocktail recipes mocktail recipes we still need to make a negroni we had one of our guests uh Haley, i think sent us the negroni recipe I think so. mm -hmm. you gotta make a negroni yeah uh i think that's everything episode ideas answers to the i ask you a question question um what's a fun little uh, thing you do just for yourself take yourself on a little date you know uh if you haven't i really think you should uh jesse where can they send that to our email address which is cosplayingcocktailspod at gmail.com that's gmail.com um okay are we done what happens if i say no and then i proceed to talk about classical music for like 20 to 30 and then minutes? i just cut it i just edit it out and then i take it from where you said yes from a different episode and i put it in <laughs> i guess we'll just have to be done then okay bye bye